morning. It's good to see all of you here. Please be seated as we begin a new season today. Last Sunday, we concluded a teaching series through the book of Ephesians, which I think was really helpful, especially as we were cleaning up after Hurricane Harvey, a lot of us getting our lives back to normal. It was a good time of us, a good time for us to read scripture and to get centered again. I want to welcome you here uh, as we start a new season, just finished Thanksgiving, we've still got people on vacation, and it's good to see all of your faces. We're transitioning into a new season in many senses of that word, as a church, in our community life, with a conversation we're going to have next week with the town hall meeting. Uh, And we're also starting the Advent season, the Advent season. And so for the remainder of 2017... Uh, I'd like for us to have a time of liturgy. And in this liturgy, we're going to be doing things like um, public reading of Scripture. We're going to be practicing some silence. We're going to be praying the Psalms. We're going to practice praying the Psalms. We're going to practice some meditation and reflection and even some singing of hymns. And we're also going to have preaching. I don't want any of you to feel gypped that you came to church and you didn't get a decent sermon. We're going to have preaching as well. But... All to say that we're going to be doing spiritual practices today. I could talk about spiritual practices. I could even teach spiritual practices. But one of the best things that we can do is actually practice them, to actually do them. And so for you today, you're not just going to be learning or hearing about stuff. We're going to be practicing some things together, practicing some things that will be good for our spirits. And so today what you're going to see, if you look in our bulletin, you'll see that the structure of our service today will involve first a brief homily. You can see that right here. Let me just pull that up for you. First of all, we have a homily, and then after that, a brief hymn. And then after that, a prayer, which we all will be praying together. We'll have a time of prayer corporately, praying through the Psalms. And then Midway, we will have a time of silence and meditation. And yes, you can do that in church. We don't have to fill the air all the time with noise. Silence is a good spiritual discipline. And then we'll reverse that on the way back. You'll see that. And um, all of our liturgy today is themed on one thing, Christ the King. Today is Christ the King Sunday. And in the church calendar The start of the year is next Sunday with the season of Advent. And we start the church year preparing ourselves, waiting, anticipating the coming of Christ. But today is the end of the church year. And in the end of the church year, what we do is we celebrate the reigning resurrected King, King Jesus, who reigns and will come again as well, who will return. And so today being the last Sunday of the church calendar and the last Sunday of the church year, the liturgy that we have today is themed on that, this King who comes. And I know at this time of the year, I'm always uh, reconnecting the theme back to Lord of the Rings and back to Return of the King. I do that every year, and this is my obligatory Um, insertion of return of the king, that's because today that's what we celebrate. We celebrate the coming king with the season of Advent. We celebrate the returning king as well. And so let's begin with that first piece, a brief homily, a brief homily. 
And this is going to come from Ezekiel chapter 34. Ezekiel chapter 34. Look with me in your Bibles or on the screen. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep, and I will seek them out. And as a shepherd cares for his herd in the day when he is among his scattered sheep, so I will care for my sheep, and I will deliver them from all of the places to which they were scattered on a cloudy and gloomy day. Friends, how many of you have had a cloudy and gloomy day recently? think. Ezekiel is kind of like a weather forecaster. He's an Old Testament weather forecaster that says, well, I'm sorry to tell you this, folks, but we're expecting a hurricane. We're expecting some really bad weather, and it's going to be pretty bad. And the day that he's predicting, it's worse than a hurricane. It was worse. It was one of the worst things that could happen to Israel. It was the day when bullies, and I'm going to speak to young people here as when as well, when bullies would enter into their clubhouse and would kick out all of the kids and scatter them across the nations, and they would take over. It was a terrible day. It was a horrible day. Friends, are you in a cloudy and a gloomy day? In a season, are you in a period where it just seems like you wake up and it's just gray? The good thing is, this weather forecaster not only predicts the bad, but he predicts the good as well. He says, after the cloudy and gloomy day, in verse 13, I will bring them out from the peoples, I will gather them from the countries, and I will bring them back to their own land. What this weather forecaster is saying is, yes, it's going to be bad, but this too shall pass. This too shall pass. I remember when Hurricane Harvey was here, it was like the longest seven days of my life. And every day, we're just waiting. When is this storm going to blow over? When is it second day, third day? But it will pass, and the sun will come out again. And this good shepherd... He says, I will feed my people on the mountains of Israel. The day is coming when I will feed you and take care of you. In a good pasture, your grazing ground will be on the mountain heights of Israel. In these high places, you're going to lie down and you'll be okay. You'll be on good grazing ground. You'll feed rich pasture. Look, I'm going to take care of you. I will feed my flock and I'll give you rest be okay. This forecaster, Ezekiel, not only predicts the bad, but he says good is coming. It's going to be dark. It's going to be dark for a while, but the sun is returning, and so is hope. He continues in verse 16, I will seek the lost. I'll bring back the scattered. I will bind up the broken and strengthen the sick. And so you can hear But this is not just about the Old Testament in Israel, but this speaks to us as well. This is for us Christians. As we read this, we realize we too can share in this hope. And then he talks about judgment. And he says, therefore, this is what the Lord God says in verse 20. 
Behold, I, even I, I will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. I will judge between the strong and the weak. What is he talking about? What is this weather forecaster speaking of? Well, in the context of the Old Testament, as he predicts this really bad day coming, he's talking about the nations as they will enter into Israel, destroy everything. If I can use that analogy, he's talking about the bullies that enter into the children's clubhouse and force them out and put their feet up and say, this is mine now. Ezekiel is predicting not only that that will happen, but that the good day will come where God will stand up against the bullies. God will stand up against the fat sheep. As it says in verse 21, you push with side and with shoulder and you thrust all the weak away with your horns until you've scattered them. But I will deliver my flock and they will no longer be a prey. I will judge between one sheep and another. What God is talking about here is justice. This past week, I was with my family and we were on vacation. One of the things we got to do was watch Justice League. It was a very entertaining movie. But I kept wondering, where's the justice? (laughs) Where's the justice? When you break a bad guy's jaw or smash them to pieces or you blow up all the enemies, I guess that's justice. But what do you do? What do you do when you're returned back to your clubhouse and the bullies are knocking on your door and they're saying, uh, we're sorry about what we did. Can we play too? What do we do when those who've traditionally been the fat sheep, the evil ones, all of a sudden are coming into the kingdom of God? Last week we talked about this, about how our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the heavenly places, against spirits. Paul is recognizing in the New Testament that the bullies, the the nations, the evil people that destroyed Jerusalem, that were coming into the clubhouse, now they're actually coming into the kingdom of God. Paul is predicting the multi-ethnic church. And as he sees the multi-ethnic church, this is no longer just about those people are bad, those people on that side of the street, those colored people or these races or these ethnicities or immigrants are bad. It's no longer about that. It's no longer about that. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the powers, the rulers, the principalities, the spiritual forces of wickedness. And so he redefines evil. It's no longer a racial battle as it was for the Jews in the Old Testament. And with this multi-ethnic reality, friends, we must fight not one another, not the people on the other side of the aisle. We must fight the evil that drives us to hate. We must fight the spiritual forces of wickedness that drives us towards negativity. That is what we must fight. And so today we're going to practice fighting our own negativity. How do you fight your own negativity? 
We must have spiritual practices to fight. And so let me just close off this reading before we sing all creatures of our God and King. Hear the promise. I will set over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he will feed them. He will feed them himself and be their shepherd, and I, the Lord, will be their God. My servant David will be prince among them. This is interesting because this is hundreds and hundreds of years after David died. David is in the graveyard. What is the author talking about? What is Ezekiel talking about? Friends, he's talking about Christ. He's talking about the one that will bring true justice in the world, that will unite people, that will cancel out the negativity, and that will fight against the spirits of the air. And so let's sing together this hymn, All Creatures of Our God and King. And if you're led, I actually want to invite you to stand out of respect because standing is an act of worship. And in this liturgy, we respect God. So let's all rise together as we sing. your eyes. I'm going to read a prayer today. This prayer comes directly from Psalm 100. Listen carefully to these words and latch your mind like your life depended on it, onto one phrase, one word, or one line. Shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. 
and his faithfulness to all generations. So open your eyes. What was that phrase or word that your heart or mind latched onto? Would you care to even share and speak out loud, maybe one by one? What was that line that spoke to you? You can just repeat it. For me, it was, come before him with joyful singing. Let's say these words together as your prayer, all together now. Shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord Himself is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. Please be seated, my friends. And now as we enter into the centerpiece of our liturgy today, Ephesians chapter 1, which we just read this past season. I'm going to read this once for the benefit of all of us. And then what we're going to do is have a time of silence. Silence, that's going to be awkward. But in our hyperactive society today, when we cannot go for five minutes without checking our social media or going over to a sports site or getting up for a drink of water, Maybe the silence is exactly what we need. So I will read it once, and then I will leave you in the awkward two-minute silence of reflecting either on what was just read or on the prayer that you just prayed. For this reason I too, having heard of the faith in the Lord Jesus which exists among you, And I've heard about your love for all the saints. Listen, I don't stop giving thanks to God for you guys. And I make mention of you in my prayers. And this is what I'm praying. I'm praying that the God of our Lord Jesus, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of His calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and what is the surpassing greatness of His power toward us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of His might, which He brought about in Christ when He raised Him from the dead 
and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, this church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all and in all. And so I invite you now into a period, two minutes of silence. And I also invite you to breathe deeply at this time. Your meditation is on the Scripture, on the Psalms, and on Ephesians. Let's commence that now. And now, with your eyes continually closed, God may have brought something to your mind that you are thankful for, especially this Thanksgiving season. I invite you now to speak out loud and to say, I am grateful for dot, dot, dot. And the congregation will respond with the words, His love endures forever. So I'll say it once again. If you have something that you are grateful for, then say, I am grateful for, dot, dot, dot. And all together, we will all say, His love endures forever.
His love endures forever. His love endures forever. I'm grateful for Pastor Wayne and Ashley. His love endures forever. I'm grateful for Bobby and for our team. His love endures forever. Let's pray the next psalm together, Psalm 95. How about we alternate verses? I will read the first verse, the odd verses, and you respond with the even verses. O come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. The sea is His, for it was He who made it, and His hands formed the dry land. Altogether, for He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Let's rise in respect of worship to God for this last hymn. This is my Father's word And to my listening ears All nature sings and round me rings Music
that shows us that you are real, that you are alive, that there is a thing called justice. And with life, with death, and with rebirth, we see the wisdom of your workings in this world. We know that there is such a thing called redemption, and we know that there really is hope. And so we can rest assured as we begin a new church year, yet again waiting for Christ, the resurrected Christ, the hope of our glory, we believe in you with all of our hearts. We know not only that there is a God, but we know that he is just and that he is resurrected from the dead and that there is light, peace, hope, and morning comes. Please be seated for a closing word. A brief homily from Matthew chapter 25 as we close out these thoughts about Christ the King. Christ the King. Christ the King. Isn't it good that there is a King? Isn't it good that there is one who is in control, who orders the universe and causes the sun to rise every morning? Even after a gloomy and a cloudy season, there is order in the world. We don't like kings, we Americans. But the truth is, the king is a higher being that shows us that there is order. That there is something metaphysical. There is something greater to hope for. And he brings justice. Hear these words from Matthew 25. When this king, the son of man, comes in glory and all of the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all of the nations, this is no longer just black and white or Asian or Latino or whatever separated. All of the nations now will be gathered before him. And it's not peoples that he will separate. What he will separate are the sheep from the goats. Who are the sheep? Who are the goats? The sheep are the favored ones. The goats are the ones that are left out. And in verse 34, the king will say to those on his right, to the sheep, Come, you're blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was stranger, you invited me in. I was naked, you clothed me. I was sick, you visited me. I was in prison, you came to me. And the righteous will answer, but Lord, when? We didn't see you hungry or feed you. We didn't see you thirsty and give you. When did we see you a stranger and invite you? When did we see you naked? We didn't see you. When did we see you sick? And when did we visit you? And this good king, this good king that levels the playing field, he says, whatever you did to the least, you did it to me. And then he says to those on his left, go away, depart into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing. I was thirsty, you left me thirsty. I was a stranger, you didn't bring me in. I was naked, you didn't give me any clothes. I was sick, in prison, you didn't visit me. And then they will say, but when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked, sick in prison? When did we not take care of you? And he says, whatever you didn't do for the least, you didn't do it to me. 
Jesus redefines entrance into the kingdom here. It's no longer about racial identity. It's no longer just for Israelites. It is now a matter of what we do and what we fail to do. Yes, salvation is in the name of Jesus, but the true Christians are those who will go forth, especially during the Christmas season and the Advent season, clothing the naked, feeding the hungry, caring for the poor. It is a matter now of what you do and what you fail to do. In conclusion, I'm going to say that woven for the last three years, many of you have labored faithfully for the church. And you've come here and you've run behind the scenes and you've made sure this church was humming. We are on the threshold of a new season. And I can confirm this. I've had the talks just this week. Many talks have been happening where we are no longer just about doing the work for this church. It is time for us, friends, to start doing the work of the church. No longer just work for Woven, but Woven's work for the world. And as we enter into this new season where we can really care for the poor, where we can clothe the naked, where we can do things that we were not able to do the last three years as a church. Friends, be prepared. Prepare yourselves. The staff, prepare ourselves. Leadership team and committees, new members, hold us to this. Hold us to this and say, isn't it time that we did good works as a church? Friends, it is time for you also to do good works in the world. In conclusion, close your eyes. I want to invite you to think about what your mission is. This Advent season, what is the God-given mission to you? What is God's purpose that He says, as you celebrate Christmas, as you look at the lights, as you look at the wonderful things God's given you, what is your work in the world? What is the good thing that I'd like for you to do? I want you to reflect on that now as we conclude this Christ the King Sunday liturgy. What am I called to share? What am I called to give? What am I called to do? And now in this final act of liturgy and of worship, because that's what church is about. It's worship. We are doing everything now as worship. In this final act, I want to invite you to take out your yellow communication card and to write down what that one thing, what your mission is. And you can leave it anonymous. You don't have to write your name. You could write your name if you want to. 
but on your yellow communication card to just write down what your purpose, what that one thing you are called to do is. This has been a Woven Church podcast. Woven Church is a multi-ethnic missional church that meets in West Houston. We invite you to check us out on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. To find out more, visit us online at www.wovenchurch.org. That's www.wovenchurch.org.